Yes, You're Wrong, a podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we are back without Shelby again for the second episode this week. Uh, Voss is back. We're talking about Quibi. How are you doing, Voss? How's quarantine? I'm doing well. Quarantine is the same. (laughs) 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 I can't complain. How about you? I mean, you know, yeah, same old, same old. And honestly, Quibi was more entertaining than I thought it was going to be. So these last couple days have really been spent just marinating in that world. Mm. I feel like some of our listeners, though, probably don't know what Quibi is or have heard the name, but don't really, uh, you know, know much about it. Do you want to kind of talk about how you came to understand what Quibi was or or like when yes. this kind of came to you, what your thoughts were going into watching yeah. anything? So first things first, I work at ad agency um, and we would have all these vendors come in and be like, the market is changing for media. Like it's not just television anymore. Something's coming up and it's called Quibi. And then a bunch of people who I like, like comedians and actors, whatever, were posting that they were getting all these Quibi shows, whatever. So that's how I first found out about it. Then I was met with their multi-million dollar advertising campaign, famous <laughs> in you know the Super Bowl and all of our TikTok feeds. Um, and I still was not quite sure what Quibi was. I then found out it is under 10-minute episodes that can be viewed vertical or horizontal. Kind of television for those in-between moments in life. Um, and I was interested in what it could be um every it seemed like every celebrity was part of a quibi show um that i was i was really interested so that's kind of how i found out about it yeah quibi stands for quick bites or it's shortened for it and it's supposed to just be yeah like (laughs) these these less than 10 minute long television episodes whatever movies kind of it's it's hard to exactly describe them um because some of the stuff is more like TV and some of the stuff is more like movies. We'll get into it, I guess, as we go through it. And so a lot of it's more like YouTube. Yes, yes. It's similar to YouTube and it's just these short videos. And basically for the series that they have, it one video is released every day. So, you know, on your way to oh, work. Oh, is that how it works? I think so. Like they've, when it, when a new series kind of launches, it starts with a couple. And then I think they add on one every day, but only on the weekdays, not on the weekends. But so like, as you're going to work, during your lunch break, like while you're waiting for someone outside a restaurant or whatever, you can just watch a quick quibby and, you know, get a little bit of a fix or watch your story, watch the next installment, but you're not watching like a whole TV show or a movie. Um, this idea. This Quibi was founded in 2018 by Jeffrey Katzenberg, who is like a Disney person and then who co-founded DreamWorks. And they managed to raise a billion dollars from investors (laughs) like Disney and Universal and Warner Brothers. So they just had so much money. And then they literally, like you said, scooped up every talented person, every up and coming star, every like well-established person, movie stars, comedians, YouTube people everybody to have their own random Quibi show. And I feel like I've been hearing about all of these shows for forever. This, the platform launched on last Monday, I think, um, with like, I don't know, like 20 different shows that they have. And so Voss and I watched a whole bunch of them. And I think that 
we have opinions on whether or not they succeeded or failed or whether these shows are interesting. Um, so just overall, did you feel like, like, is Quibi something that you, that you thought that you would watch going into it? Like, like, do you like the idea of these short episodes, I guess? Okay, so going into it, I was really adamant in my opinion that Quibi was YouTube for famous people. <laughs> um, and <laughs> I thought it was just going to be this outlet that, you know, Chrissy Teigen could make big bucks for making some stupid content, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I really thought it was a way to legitimize, like, more casual content by really famous people. Um and so i did not think i was interested if i'm being completely transparent because i am a an avid youtube fan and i thought to myself like okay those people have that platform down now we're going to try to watch like celebrities like pr people's try to like explain to them what youtube is and like have it be that yeah yeah so that's what I, that's what i thought it was going to be um I had heard there was going to be more legit shows on it, but I guess the ones that were coming into my circle, the ones that like had piqued my interest were more like, I don't say reality, but like more like non-scripted shows were the ones that like were more interesting to me, at least um, in the advertising of it all. Like Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I barely can get myself to watch a TV show. I love TV, but like the time commitment of it all, I guess that's the whole point of Quibi, but like the time commitment at all is always very intimidating to me. Like the idea that I have to like tag onto the story for however long is like very, uh, can be a lot for me. So I was like, why would I, if I'm going to take the time to like consume that sort of content, I'm just going to consume TV. So I didn't think going into it that I was going to be necessarily the biggest fan, but I was curious. Yeah. I feel like maybe I was coming at, at it from the exact sort of opposite point where I also (laughs) was not really enthused about it but more because I like movies and I like television so much and I was like this is stupid like why do we need these shortened versions of it like why am I going to be watching it on my cell phone that just seems Mm -hmm. dumb like I already watch enough TV and movies as it is do I need to now watch like little short clips of Mm -hmm. movies during like while I'm in the using the bathroom, I don't know. So I, <laughs> yeah. I also was not super excited about it, but all of these big name people and people who I really like were getting involved with it. So I felt like, like, sure. I mean, if they're paying you, like you're going to do stuff, but also some of the people who are involved, you feel like had a lot of options of things to do. And so the fact that they're doing a Quibi show, I was like, there must be something at least going on here that sure. is worthwhile yeah i don't know <laughs> i was like more skeptical that it was going to be more like uh how pr people like force their clients to do like instagram stories because yeah. people love instagram mm-hmm. stories and or they're how like every oh every can person be... starts a podcast and it like fails after yeah. two months mm-hmm. exactly i i like really pictured it as this like uh, some you know like 25 year old pr assistants like oh, come on crazy like it's just going to take a week. Like, if you did a real show, it would take, like, four months. Like, like, we could just bang it out. You know, like, that's really the kind of content that I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Am I going to say we didn't get that? No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, let's dive into one of these shows and just kind of talk about it a little bit and what's going on. Um, Do you have, like, within... So I think they started with five scripted shows. Three of them were dramas and two of them were comedies. Do you have one that you want to... uh? like really you feel like you have a lot to say on i would say the probably the main two nicole richie's i would like to talk about and uh 
the one that I dove into, the first thing that I watched was When the Streetlights Go On, which was kind of an aggressive start. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about that one, I <laughs> guess, first. Because I feel like that is maybe typical to what they're trying to do as far as um, these scripted shows go. So When the Streetlights Go On is kind of a Stranger Things meets Riverdale, I guess I would describe it as. There's a murder that takes place in a small town in the 90s. A high school student Mm -hmm. and a high school teacher that she's having an affair with are both murdered in the woods. And then it's kind of an investigation. It's kind of like a teen drama romance story. Queen Latifah is the police detective with <laughs> literally the world's worst wig. Like, have you ever seen a worse <laughs> character than Queen Latifah has going on? Oh my gosh. Yeah, so so that's what this show is. And the thing, one thing that I found interesting about this, and I think in general with these um, scripted, like, dramas, is I thought that they would be more like television shows. But the fact that, you know, where sort of like each episode has its kind of arc or whatnot, And when you think about TV, it's like, okay, every episode you're following all of the characters for the most part. Every character has their own kind of arc within the episode, even if it's not, you know, and then they are also continuing on stuff that goes throughout the whole season. But like each show has their own kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But because these Quibi episodes are so short, they can't really do that. (laughs) So every episode is sort of just like a scene from a movie. And I felt like watching this, you know, like watching six or seven episodes in a row, it felt less like a TV show and it felt more like a movie that they, someone had just chopped up into a bunch of bits. Up, yeah. Is that what the feeling you got watching this? Certainly when it comes to the when, the street, when Streetlights Go On or whatever it's called, I actually thought that was one of the more successful um, scripted series on the platform. Um, just because it did exactly felt like a movie uh, split up. Felt like... And I was watching them kind of in order, but also in between. So it kind of felt like when you have like when you're cleaning and you have a a movie comes on like Lifetime, you're like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to walk around during the commercials and like clean my kitchen. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) That's kind of what it felt like. I was like, this isn't good, but it's not horrible. Yeah. And I felt like I was intrigued enough that I would maybe keep watching episodes of this, especially if it's like seven minutes and, you know, um, because that was another thing. Is that like yesterday I, I like was going to talk to some friends on the phone and it was like 10 minutes before. And so you really, I really couldn't do anything else in that time period. Like I'd finished eating or whatever I was doing beforehand. And I was like, oh, well, I'll just watch a quick Quibi episode. And so I do feel like even within the couple of days that I've been, I've (laughs) had Quibi that I'm sort of like, oh, well, there's downtime. Like, let me watch a quick Quibi. And this was an interesting enough story that like I would keep watching it. I 100% agree. This one, can I mention another one that I would literally never watch again? Yes. The Golden Arm story. <laughs> the what? So, this story is called like 50 Scariest States or whatever. Oh, it's yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the story about the woman with the golden arm. <laughs> did you watch it? Yes. Yes, I did. It's. Yeah, oh, my so God. It's this. It's like, um, it's a show. Well, yeah, that's like, what, 50 states of fright or whatever. And I guess yeah. each episode is like a separate scary story from a different state. No, it, it was three episodes of the first state. So I think it might be every three oh, episodes okay. is a different story. Yes. But like oh, yeah, a weird setup. I don't understand like who who this is for exactly. What were your thoughts on this one? My thoughts were this. This was the first indicator 
in a series of what would become a, like a quibby scripted um theme which is like the um, episodes are only eight minutes long and they're gonna reiterate the same exact premise like lay it out for the audience like 18 times per yes. episode to the point that nothing can happen in the episode except for them telling us kind of what's happening mm-hmm. so i would recommend uh readers listeners that you play a drinking game with this one specifically <laughs> and every time they say golden arm um which is a verbal description of something that we visually see the entire series you take a shot because that was a completely unbearable i was like i would never watch this again nothing happens he's like digging her up in the grave and she's like opens her eyes and she like it's the stupid golden arm and it was a girl from mrs mazel and i was like she's too good for this like that was the moment where i was like oh literally this is not good content like (laughs) and she's so talented and it is weird because like with a TV show, you think, okay, the first episode has to be good because people are going to watch the first episode and if it's bad, they're not going to yeah. come back to it. But with Quibi, like, the stuff that you're setting up in a whole first minute of a TV show, you know, like 40 minutes or 30 minutes or however long it is, you can't set that up in the first seven minute long thing you have. Yes. So I felt like all of these series, so w- with the exception of when the streetlights go on because there was the murder in the first episode. There's so much happened. If you looked away during that that one, you were missing something, yes. which I really appreciated. But otherwise, these, like the first two or three episodes of all of these, I found to be rather boring and not a lot is happening. And then it sort of picks up around like four, five, and six when they actually get to the action. Because another one that, um, that is one of their scripted dramas is Survive, which is the Sophie Turner like plane crash drama, I which I think does. got a lot of like attention going into this, um, which is terrible. And I think maybe the worst <laughs> thing that I saw out of all of these Quibi shows, she is a suicidal um, person who is in like a group home and she graduates from it and is plotting to kill herself by <laughs> overdosing on an airplane. But then surprise, right as she's about to do that, the plane crashes. And so her and one other guy must then fend for themselves in this like frozen mountain wilderness as they try to like get back to life. But then she, you know, has to kind of battle between like, well, I was trying to kill myself, but now I'm fighting to survive. So maybe I should just like jump off this mountain or maybe I shouldn't. But the whole first like three episodes are like her at the group home her in the airport, her on the airplane. Like, you don't get to the crash until, I think, episode four. And it feels like something that you would want to start out with because it's the most interesting thing that is happening. Yes, that is a great description. Also, when it comes to Quibi, they were really pushing the Sophie Turner show, like, a lot. And they were talking about how much this was going to do to bring awareness to mental health. And that's where I kind of sit back a minute. And I'm like, I don't like. Do you think that did good? Do you think that did good in the overall like people understanding mental health? I guess I haven't gotten far enough in that specific series to feel that way. Um, um I I would say no. Uh, <laughs> that I don't think that it's probably a great depiction of mental health. But I don't. It's so it's so weird. And that is one where the episodes felt a little bit more episodic because once the plane crashes, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like each episode is a different thing that this pair of people are going to have to deal with. So it's like, oh, it's a snowstorm. Oh, we have to climb down this mountain. 
At one point, there's an avalanche on the mountain for, like, no apparent <laughs> reason. So, yeah, that one was, that one was lame. Okay. Let's talk about the comedies, I guess. The, so you want to talk about Nikki Fresh, the Nicole Richie oh, is a rap star. Uh, why don't you describe She's this a, to um, the audience? Parent trap. Yes. So this is Nicole Richie's kind of parody of herself, I want to say. It is fictional. It is scripted, but it's also like she is acknowledging that she's Nicole Richie and her father's Lionel Richie. Um, and her husband is was in Good Charlotte. Like, it's like a parody of her own life if she were, I guess, a like, you know, a little more annoying. Generally, this is one that like when I, you're reading up on Quibi, people say this is really successful. So I had high hopes for because I do love Nicole Richie. I think she's hilarious and great. And to me, this kind of missed the mark. It was the way that I felt it was it was like if if if. Nicole Richie saw like a Cody Co and Noelle Miller YouTube video. <laughs> so they're like two YouTubers who like roast people and then they like ultimately at the end like make a joke of it and then like make a song of it. So they do like parody songs that are actually pretty good. And it's like if if they met Moira from Shits Creek. Um <laughs> and I just really felt like this had potential but missed the mark. The episodes are like literally six to eight minutes each and like two to three of those minutes are like a song that i felt like there was some real potential for she describes it as like she's an aspiring parent trap star so it's like trap music but for parents and i thought that was really funny cute concept but i felt this is a little nitpicky maybe but i felt that the beats were not good and this the songs were not funny enough for me to overlook the bad beats they weren't specific enough they weren't like they just felt very like it was a first draft of each song and it felt like the joke was that she was making a song and that there was no like comedy within the music so that was frustrating to me because then they proceeded to do that for every single episode um that being said nicole richie is cute as hell and she is very charming um but that's kind of what also made me sad of it, about it it was like it had all this potential you I think? sort of loved this show, but only okay. just because it was so bizarre. <laughs> like, there was so many different yeah. things going on, and I wasn't sure what was happening. So, because Nicole Richie is pretending to be a version of herself that wants to become this Parent Trap star, Nikki Fresh. So there's, like, parts of the episode where she's trying to launch this career. Then there's sections that where... I was unclear of like if she if it was like a Billy on the street kind of thing where her and her like funny <laughs> assistant went into oh, like, I like a, the assistant. Yeah, oh, the assistant was great. And their outfits were I great. I hope I hope he like books a lot of stuff after this. Is he already famous? I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know I had him. never heard of him, but he was very funny. But like where they'll yeah, go into a grocery great. store and just start talking to random people. And I wasn't sure if the random people <laughs> were like actors or whether or not they actually went to the yeah. grocery store. And then there were also some episodes where it felt like they were actually um, like trying to get the word out on some environmental issue. Like, oh, there's a lack of bees no. in the world. So we need to tell people about this. But then at the same time. In my time, notes here, I literally have the sentence, Bill Nye for Bill Nye's sake. Yes, yes. Bill Nye is an episode. Like... But then there's a whole episode about like crystals, which I feel like is is much less like of a real thing than the bee population dying. And then each episode ends with this very weird music video where it's like all of these different costumes and she's rapping and 
yeah, it was just, there was so much going on and there's only like six episodes. Like there's a, that's the season. There's not more episodes coming out of this. Um, unless there's another, it, it was just so strange. And I was sitting there on my phone being like, what am I even watching? Like who pitched this idea? Who accepted this idea? Who thought of all of the shows that they have coming out that this should be one of the ones they launch with? It was just so weird, but I was kind of enamored by the whole process. Yeah, I think it certainly was like a little out of the blue. Um, I just guess I, I really feel like I saw the potential for Nicole, but I just couldn't tell. I guess if she was in on it, like obviously she was in on the joke, but then like something she would choose like when it was a character and when it wasn't. Yeah. I guess that was yeah. a little confusing for me. Yeah, like, it was like wh- then I know Richie's in it, and I'm like what's like are is it you nicole like i just it was confusing at moments but i did ultimately kind of like the premise i just wish it was a little more fleshed out yes i don't know if it could have been a good like half hour long show like i i don't think that it could have sustained itself but i sort of did want like more explanation of some kind for this yeah i wanted less if it was a maybe if it was a music if the show was even like nine minutes and the song was two minutes it was just like i felt like I was enjoying the rest of the show. And then, the, like I said, the music, the music part was just so I didn't care about it because it wasn't funny. And you grew to know what to expect. And like in the rest of it, you never knew it was coming. Yeah, I sort of loved the uh, I, like I could have just watched a show of the assistant, like accosting people at these various stores that they were at because I thought he was very. Funny. Yeah, I agree. I thought that that, that would have been a fun point of view, too, for it to be like he's the assistant to this like crazy celebrity who's like trying to be a, a trap star. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite show was flipped, which is the Will Forte, Caitlin Olsen. What? Like you didn't like this. Oh, one? oh my God. Okay. <laughs> I, I liked it. I loved it. Oh my God, Matt. I was literally watching it. And I was like, I bet Matt's going to like this one. <laughs> I literally knew it. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. This was another wild show. Where the first bunch this of episodes just kept taking turn after turn after turn. Because Caitlin Olsen and from um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and Will Forte from SNL are like a married couple who <laughs> want to be like uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines, like HGTV stars, yes. but they clearly don't have the chops for that. But they decide they're going to like try to audition for a show that's like be the next HGTV star. They buy this like trash house in the middle of the desert and then find all of this money in the wall and they use the money to then film a whole pilot and make this house brilliant. But then the cartel that owns the house shows back up (laughs) and then forces them basically into slavery of like redesigning everybody in the cartel's houses. Um... (laughs) <laughs> I, it was so weird, but I just loved it. The moment when I knew that this was a show for me was when Will Forte in the first episode is like a is like a middle school drama teacher and has written a whole musical about like the about like the factory fire in New York, the like triangle <laughs> shirt factory yeah, fire. Triangle shirt factory, yeah. I was like, okay, I'm fully in. Like this is exactly my brand of humor. Yeah, uh, I actually. I I think that this was a great example of a show I wouldn't have minded seeing as a 30-minute show. Yes. Mm-hmm. This was like a full-on idea. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? This was like a full-on sitcom or like, yeah. I You're right. Now, the more you talk about it, the more I remember that it did. Out of all the com- quote-unquote comedies, like, this one really made me laugh the most authentically. And it was like well-written. It was more well-written than um, the other ones I felt. 
So let's get into sort of some of these other series. There's a bunch of documentary series and some reality shows, some game shows. So I guess we can just like flop around here. One thing that I you were talking about should have been a half hour show. I feel like that there was sort of two models for things with Quibi. There's the there's the model of the shows that we've kind of talked about already, which feel like they're movies that have been sliced up into a bunch of pieces. And then there's these shows that feel like they could easily be a half hour cable show that they've just scrunched down into like an eight or nine minute run. And I don't understand why they did that because it feels so short and unsuccessful. Like, um, did you watch Dishmantled at all? The cooking competition show? So this is Titus Burgess. Yes. From uh, uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. And yeah. it's this cooking show where they have two chefs and they basically take some kind of dish and shoot it out of a cannon at the chefs who are blindfolded. The chefs have to like kind of like taste this food that's being shot at them, like <laughs> kind of grope around on the floor, like feel what's shot at their body and then try to recreate the dish based on what they taste. And they're and they're given 30 minutes to do this. And then they have to present the food to the judges, who is Titus and two other celebrities. And whoever gets the most correct parts of the recipe wins, like the most correct ingredients that they tasted, which could easily be a half hour long show. Like that, that is something that could easily be a Food Network That's show. a lot going on. Yeah. And instead they scrunch it down into these short time periods. And it just feels like everything is going so fast. And it wasn't that satisfying to watch. And and I also feel like once you've seen an episode or so, like, I don't know if I would go back and watch a new episode of that every single day, like on my lunch break or something. I, it just didn't like there wasn't enough interesting stuff going on because it's only eight minutes. Basically, the only interesting part is when it, the, they get shot with the food out <laughs> of the cannon. That happens early on, it sounds like. Right. Well, because like you don't get to know either of the contestants because it's so fast that they don't really have time to introduce them. The the guest judges are other famous people, but you don't really get much time with them because it's so quick. And then each mm-hmm. person only cooks one dish where it feels like if it was a real show, maybe they'd get like three different dishes shot at them and then they'd have to figure it out. They could definitely make that Food Network show. I actually felt like the more documentary and unscripted styles works really well on this platform. I thought the LeBron James show whatever it was called about the LeBron James's school. Yes, I promise. Oh my god. You see that's the kind of thing that like if it was on TV, everyone would say, "Oh, you should watch it. You should watch it." I probably wouldn't watch it. I would just not really get around to it unless my dad and I were like sitting around on like a Sunday, you know. Mm-hmm. But on Clubby, I watched 8 minutes. I was moved, I was touched. I got some backstory. I that's like the one where I can leave feeling I left feeling very invested in the story and in the in the characters of you know these real people um at the school and i would definitely go back and watch another episode of that how did you feel i like that one too i think that that so that one is a that that one and then also run this city which is like the true crime documentary about the young mayor those both felt like there (laughs) was um that there was like a story that would progress on like like the LeBron James when yeah. they're talking about this new school that he's created and it felt like each episode they were going to sort of like talk about more of the problems that they face or the people like there was a lot of different things going on in both of those. 
So it felt like more of like a documentary that they cut up, which I think worked. But then there was some of these where like Shape of Pasta, where this oh pasta God, maker. That was like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I did look up the restaurant. I was like, OK, when quarantine's over, I will go eat there. But in general, I was like, don't enough things like this exist. Like that felt like one of those situations where Shape of Pasta was going to be like a it's the same restaurant, all the episodes, right? Yeah, it's the same chef, and he just goes around, in each episode, he learns another obscure pasta shape and makes it, (laughs) and it's like, well, how many, like, how many episodes can this be? And again, with it only being, like... Hundreds of pasta shapes, they they established that in the first episode. I mean, yes, but it's, like, (laughs) with only eight minutes, there's only, like, so... There's not, like, they're not really cooking the stuff. I don't know, it felt like there wasn't that much to it. To have an episode come out every day. Like, if you watch this for three weeks, that's 15 different pasta <laughs> shape episodes. And, like, I just don't understand who wants to watch. And I guess that's where my YouTube thing comes back. Okay, I'm going to bring it back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I think niche things like this are work on YouTube. And then I think they also work on Netflix in the opposite way, where you can have an hour-long episode about this one chef, and then the episode can be about a different restaurant with a different chef yeah. who makes pasta. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can get these more... You either have to get this, like, comprehensive story from, like, you know, arc of a story from one person, or there needs to be, like, a real direct, like, talent-to-consumer relationship. You know what I mean? Like, there needs to be, like, some sort of relationship between the viewer and the uh, person who's like the focus of the show so that was you're right that was one that i was like oh like i get this but i wasn't necessarily it felt a little like um college film thesis yeah yeah definitely um (laughs) and i and i felt like the the show prodigy which each episode focuses on like a different young sports star was similar of like it's interesting i enjoyed that one but it's like like, I liked the individual episode, but after you watch, like, 15 of these, because that's the thing, is if there's one coming out every day, like, that's a lot of content. And instead <laughs> of investing in one person, every episode is a different young person who's, like, becoming successful in whatever their sport is. And I just feel like those stories probably aren't that different. It's all, like, we worked really hard. I had, you know, like, a whatever upbringing. Like, they haven't done that much interesting yeah. stuff. I just, like, I was... I'm sort of confused as to, I mean, Quibi has a lot of shows and clearly they're throwing a lot of stuff at the wall and just hoping that, you know, people find two Something or three of these shows that they want to watch enough that they'll stick around for it. But I felt like some of these, well, I guess this is a whole nother question too, is that no one really knows how long these seasons are of these shows. Like you don't <laughs> know if there's going to be a hundred episodes. I didn't even know there was a new one every day. I thought that... I guess I watched a bunch of them today and it was like, I thought that was it. I thought like episode eight, I guess now it makes sense because it's been around for eight days. Um, yeah. But I, that was also part of my beef with it was that these endings weren't complete, but that makes sense to me. And now I'm, you know, I'm feeling a little invested in the ones that I did like. Wait, wait, wait you know what we did not talk about? Which one? We didn't talk about Most Dangerous Game. Oh, yes. The Liam Hemsworth um, assassin one. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what that's about? Okay. Liam Hensworth is a, of course, hot man who has a pregnant wife um, 
yet they are struggling financially. Oh, a lot. Um, and they're like two hundred thousand like, dollars <laughs> in debt or something. <laughs> and she like literally at one point she's like, "We bought this house, and the house is like beautiful." She's like, "We bought this house, and we were two hundred grand in the hole." I was like, "Why did you buy this beautiful house? And like, how are you waking up every morning like seeing this and enjoying it when literally it's like you guys are." She's like, I'm your accountant. And they like show all the bills. That was another big Quibi theme was like, they're always like showing the bills and the bills were past due. Like yes. that was happening on a couple of the shows. Like a big sticker um, on the front that's like past like due. a big sticker. <laughs> the, the producer who got that was like, I knew we'd reuse it. Like, yes. And yeah, so so the wife is like, quote unquote, managing the accounts, but like not really doing it. He's some sort of maybe architect. Like well, I couldn't tell. Some sort of like, like, he a was hotel building or something yeah i don't know they had had some friends including the guy from you who's that ucb guy oh yeah um, mm -hmm. um he i love him on everything i've seen him on i think he's been always a good best friend character and i think um, he in succession too i want to say he was in succession yeah his name is zach terry i want to say that's his name um sure but they okay so like then they show them and they're out to dinner and like it turns out they've roped their friends into investing tens of thousands of dollars so not only are they in the whole like hundreds of thousands thousand of dollars, dollars that guy's yeah they're like oh their friends are like you know i wish i could get our money back but don't worry <laughs> about it man i'm like i'm like okay well i literally hope to be in that position one day um but okay so he's struggling then one day i when did he meet the guy he meets this guy who well, tells he, him like he also has cancer. That's the thing is that Liam yeah, Hemsworth, but that's revealed after he meets the guy. Well, I think I it's think. like a flashback or whatever. Because doesn't doesn't he oh. Liam Hemsworth is at the hospital and they're like you have five weeks to live or whatever, despite the fact that he yeah. looks completely fine um, and is like young and fit. <laughs> I, and the best. They they're literally like, are like, you like, have like, you know, you have weeks to live. And his wife's like, but he runs six miles yeah, a day. Yeah. <laughs> so somebody at the hospital's like, here's a card. You could call this guy and he can help you. So he calls oh. this person and it's Christoph Waltz. And they have a meeting and Christoph <laughs> Waltz is like in classic villain fashion. It's like, we have a, a balcony. Yes, we have a competition. <laughs> we have these people who like to hunt humans. Um, every hour you <laughs> survive, you get like a certain amount of money. It'll help your family because you're, you're broke and you're so far in debt. Um, and if you can stay alive so for rare, 24 hours, yeah. you're going to make like millions of dollars and whatever. So Chris Hemsworth, because he's dying, but still young and very fit, but also has no and money. does run six miles a day. Yes. <laughs> agrees to this. Like, so, I got, yeah, I got nothing else to lose. So then the show... After the first couple episodes, which are set up, again, like the most boring part of the show, then we get to these episodes where it's, um, and it's set in Detroit, which I thought was fun. As someone from Michigan who spent a lot of time in Detroit, I liked that portion of it, that it's actually like set the in The two film. Michigan pride moments on Quibi. I know. Was Quibi started in Michigan or something? Between I don't know. Golden Arm and this. <laughs> the Golden Arm was bad for the culture, but... <laughs> Uh, but this one was good for but, Michigan. But so Liam Hemsworth is basically just running around Detroit with these assassins chasing him. <laughs> and supposedly he has to survive for 24 hours. The At this point, we're eight episodes in, and I think maybe like two hours into the day. So I just... It's like two or three. Yeah, like but how I'm, long I'm is getting... this series going to go? You know, it's, it's like I have questions, but... <laughs> we, get, we get 21 episodes to go. Um... If he makes it that long, I guess that's part of it too. But to me, I'm getting a lot of satisfaction. This is the stupidest thing out of the wife, like just like 
is you know the accountant and she like logs on to chase or whatever their banking service is and she's like we just had a deposit for fifty thousand dollars and then on the hour a hundred grand gets put in, a hundred fifty grand gets put in. So I'm I'm waiting to see how far it's gonna go. I mean, I I would like to re- I would like to tune back into that one. Yes, yes, I like that one too. I thought that one worked well, and it's fun because every episode sort of ends on a little bit of a cliffhanger because it's like yeah. these assassins are showing. You could up. die. Yes, and you don't also know like hu- who the assassins are. So. Mm-hmm. I feel like the most dangerous game when the streetlights go on and flip are like the three shows that I will. I agree. Like keep watching. And LeBron James's show. Oh yeah, I I only watched the first episode. I'm adding that. that. Yeah, me too. Um, what about and music? That was kind of a. This was a one. weird one. Again, <laughs> like who decided? Like who was pitching this idea for a show that they would launch with? Basically, every episode is focusing on a different thing that sort of goes along with music. So the first episode is about the guy who, like, does the lighting for which... Martin Garrix. Yes, for Martin Garrix. Who I am a big fan. Okay, listeners, if you love to go to a concert or if you like EDM, which I don't... Well, okay, whatever. I'm going to cut that part out. But (laughs) if you enjoy a good time... Head to a Martin Garrix concert. I'm not a big electronic music fan, but let me tell you, I saw him perform two years ago, and I've been thinking about it since. So I was excited to see that this is who it was. Well, yeah, because the maybe whole you episode, didn't have that same attachment to I it. I mean, I did not, but <laughs> I, but the whole the whole episode is about like the lighting guy who does all the like lights and effects for the like DJ set, which I did find interesting. But again, I feel like I could have watched 30 minutes on this instead of just like eight minutes. I felt like I didn't get as much as I wanted to. I agree. I think that could have been a longer show. But I do think it was this was a good platform for this show. It's like I I, I can commit to eight minutes of watching Martin Garrix's lighting designer talk about it with him. And I found it interesting. I feel like I learned things. Martin Garrix does not do the same. He's not he's not he's no Diplo. He's he's actually out there, you know, putting the songs in different orders every night. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, despite the fact that my biggest pet peeve with this is that they refer to him as Marty, which like Martin Garrix does not feel like a Marty to me. Um, <laughs> other than that, I think that I found that really interesting. How they had this weird like collaboration, even though being like a DJ at twenty three or twenty four seems like this whole lonely road. Um, he actually had a, a like a collaborator in the whole kit caboodle. Yeah, they seemed like very close friends. And I and I cute. I thought that was interesting. A show that I really sort of loved but feel like is flawed is the dating show singled out that Kiki Palmer hosts. Just because Kiki Palmer is so oh funny. And the setup for this one is like there's one person who is, you know, the contestant, and they're like sitting in a chair, and then behind them is like 30 people. Um, and through various methods the the person in the chair like weeds them out until they get down to one person and that's who like they get to go on a date with or whatever which i think is like a fun mtv kind of dating show premise but i think mtv produced it yes but with only eight minutes an episode they go through these people so fast and (laughs) you can just tell that this was like an actual 30 minute show that they had pitched somewhere else and then someone was like oh put it on quibi so they just cut out a bunch (laughs) of things because it's like they start with 30 people 
and they ask them literally two questions and then miraculously get down to three to like the final three contestants and you're like there's no way that that's actually how that happened like they definitely like yeah cut out a bunch of things that happen in the middle or like purposely selected these three people to begin with i it was very strange yeah so i actually i haven't seen it but my friend did audition to be on it and i was there during his audition oh how'd that go um so while you talk about it being eight minutes i can only imagine the pool was a little diluted because he was kind of of the opinion that he's like if i'm gonna be on an mtv dating show if i'm gonna kind of not risk my professional name for this but if you google my name and i'm like i'm like i have a real career and like a dating show is coming up he's like i'm not risking it for an eight minute show like i'm gonna do it for some you know the big bucks but you know it was apparently who was the main guy who were they uh all dating competing to date well it's a different person in each episode oh my god really yeah okay so there's like a gay one that's the one that he was auditioning for i don't like one of the episodes and well, the interesting thing is that all of the contestants somehow or another know the person who is picking them. Yeah. So, so like, if so you were that on it part as of the it. contestant, then all the 30 people would be, like, guys who you had, like, met or, like, went, did improv with you. Went to or college like were with, friends. Yeah. yeah, like, that kind of thing. So that when people so were yeah, getting eliminated, they... they were like, oh, Joe, I thought that you were great at that birthday party <laughs> last year or whatever. Yeah, so that was part of it, too. Is like, they had reached out to him because, like, my friend followed him on Instagram, but, like, didn't know him. Like, they had just, he just followed him because he was cute or whatever, uh-huh. you know? And, like, my friend w- did not engage with his content. And, like, on the call, they were like, how often would you say you guys interact? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And, like, they were really pushing that angle. So, I don't know. I would actually really like to watch it. That, But eight minutes is too short. Again, you can't get invested in anybody for eight minutes. Yeah, no. Like, it should be a half-hour-long show. Or if they want to do it in these eight minute clips, they should like break up an episode into three different pieces or whatever, you know? Yeah. A la 50 scary states. Yes. A la 50 scary states with the golden arm. Um, (laughs) Was there anything else that you watched that you wanted to talk about in this list? Um, I didn't like the I didn't like the the animal show, but Uh, that's not really my demographic in general when it comes to media. Yeah, I thought that was real bad. The like Reese Witherspoon cheetah show, where she's trying (laughs) to like. You know, I have sisters. Yes, (laughs) yes. She keeps trying to make it feel like, um, like comparing the cheetahs to actual people, but it's like the cheetahs are like tracking down this wildebeest like gnawing its neck out and she's like yeah it's just like yeah. sisters growing up and you're like mm, i don't know is it also <laughs> she's very smiley for just watching like a wildebeest get t- torn apart you know when your sister takes your shirt i'm like okay <laughs> uh. okay the you... other thing that i watched was the sasha velour show oh yes nightgown what did nightgown. you think about that one i thought it was a good use of the platform I thought that it was a nice, I mean, I'm not, I don't really watch RuPaul, um, so I wasn't familiar to, I knew Sasha Valor was, but I wasn't super familiar, um, but I liked the way that it ended in, like, a moment of performance, and I, 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 I haven't watched too far ahead, but it seemed like there were going to be different numbers, like, that might have been showcased in each episode. I don't know if that's what ends up happening, but that seemed promising to me because it was, like, a real show, it wasn't just nicole richie doing the same shtick for the same two minutes every time so i thought that was actually good i thought you because there was only like one main character you could really get invested 
What yeah. do you think? Yeah, I liked this one too. And it felt more like a documentary that they had kind of like split up, but I thought it had split up yeah. well because sort of each episode, I think, is focusing on a different number in this show that Sasha Valor yeah. runs. And so they're kind of like going behind the scenes of, about it and the people who are performing, but then also you get to actually see the number at the end too, which was fun. Um, so yeah, I yeah. liked this one. I thought this was a good show. I agree. So overall, would you, like, if if you were talking to a friend who, like, was thinking about downloading Quibi, like, didn't know, would you say, like, oh, yeah, you should definitely check it out, or, like, no, it's not worth it, or what shows would you, like, recommend to them out of these ones that we've discussed? I would definitely say to my friends, it seems like a good thing to keep up with with friends. Like, I want my sister to download it so we could talk about it, like, every day, the little eight-minute episode. Mm-hmm. Um, If there's a show that we both like, my sister likes, like, content that's not necessarily she's kind of down for content that's kind of eh um <laughs> and <laughs> i know i mean that in a great way like she's just like down to consume whatever uh-huh. um and it's fun for that purpose kind of like in a like it's kind of like the bachelor like you watch the bachelor it's not shaking your world every episode especially if you've seen it for multiple seasons but like you're still keeping up with it with your friends and family yeah. you know what i mean it's something to talk about I would definitely say check it out for the 90 day free trial. I personally can't picture myself um, investing the $5 a month currently. Um, But that could be changed. Like if somebody who I really, if one of my celebs maybe had a show on it or if somebody who I really loved um, and supported got like started some content on there every day, then maybe I would keep up with it. Um, but to pay for it seems a little bold, in my opinion. Yeah. What about you? I, I can't see myself paying for it either. I mean, I sort of like it for it being free right now and having like an ad before yeah. each video. And I feel like, yeah, these three shows that I liked, I would, I'll probably keep watching, you know, for the um, yeah. near future. But I think that if it was, if I had more than three shows that I was trying to keep up with, I would find it hard to make time for all of those every day because at that point you know if you're getting up to like 40 or 50 minutes worth of these things i think then that's basically just like a regular tv show you know and it's weird one of the things that i guess people have been complaining about is that currently you can only watch it on your phone you can't watch it on your laptop you can't watch it on Mm -hmm. you know like stream it to your television or anything so i do feel like if this was something where you could watch it on your tv maybe there would be shows that you would want to binge watch or watch or, you know, like, oh, maybe I didn't watch any of the episodes during the week, but then you want to watch them all like as a chunk later instead of watching them like episode by episode. Because if you're watching them one at a time, like, I think it's easy to keep up for a couple of shows. But if you logged on here and were like, there's 50 episodes of Most Dangerous Game available, Mm -hmm. like, would you be... I I just don't... I feel like there's not a real way that people watch television right now that like fits in that model so i think people would have to figure out like where in the day they're gonna watch that or if they're just gonna like what go home I think and it's a, watch I it on their th- phone i don't know i think it's a good idea to stay on the phone because it, it makes it seem more intentional and it makes it seem like it's not competing with like real streaming platforms it makes I guess it seem like true. it's competing with like tiktok because mm-hmm. like, you can't really look at tiktok from the computer you can see specific links but you can't see right that's like, true you can't scroll through the feed. So I feel like, uh, you know, sometimes I'm on my computer and I like am fiending for a little TikTok. 
Mm-hmm. And I'll just like, be like, okay, like I'm just gonna like have my co- drink my coffee. It's a good, actually, it's a really good app for like if you're drinking a coffee and yes. sitting down watching mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or like um, right before you go to bed or something. Yeah, to like just watch an episode. Yeah, I was impressed. Like, I, I, not necessarily like I, you know, I've expressed like I think there is some room to grow with the content, but I do actually think there's a place for this platform in the way that we consume media right now, which I was surprised by. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think I liked it more than I thought I was going to like it. I agree. Well, do you have any other final thoughts on Quibi or anything else that you want to share with the peeps? Um, I don't I I think I'm I'm good. I would love if they would um I would like to see John Mayer on this platform. Yeah. I think that's my only final my only closing thought is that a John Mayer moment on Quibi would be fruitful. What what show are you pitching for him? Well, you know, he has his Instagram live um current mood the show that he does on sunday night mm-hmm. <sighs> not something that long but i think he's a funny guy who's talented so i don't know mm-hmm. i also would watch him do anything so yeah he's great um do you have anything he's- you want to plug before we go oh no anything i would plug has been canceled um, <laughs> but i am always um fiending for some you know if you want to follow me on the socials hit me with the with that with the slam with that like button it's um at vasalia foxy you'll see my name on the episode just the word foxy after it oh my gosh yeah thank you for having me on this was so fun oh my gosh no thank you so much for i mean we i invited you on as a guest and then you had basically double duty because you had to host two separate episodes and you had to watch <laughs> all of this quibi and then also we had technical difficulties so i had to reschedule on you so you've been like a real uh trooper and oh my god you know well, such a star you. and a pro well, I hope next time, um, should there be a next time that I join, it's the whole crew. Yes. It was fun to do with the two of us, but, you know, there wasn't a single link. So. Yes, yes, that's true. <laughs> Hopefully Shelby um, gets better from whatever her mysterious illness was that I think was just not wanting to watch Quibi. And we'll be back yeah. next week. I don't know what we're talking about, but um, but yeah. And yes, you will, of course, be back on the podcast again before too long. <laughs> right now, you're like the most, um, I think, I well, I think you're clear. You've been on three episodes now, which is more than anybody else other than, you know, the host. That so. is. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Um, I look forward to chatting again soon when we do our book club, Matt and Iron Book Club, everyone. I'm oh, not yeah. Gonna plug it because you can't probably probably can't join. But me and Matthew <laughs> are in a book club together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and the book club is great boss does a fantastic job organizing it and so far has picked only stunning winners as far as i'm concerned Bangers. for a book so <laughs> loving it yes yeah, so if anybody has any book recs throw them that's way oh yeah my gosh yes send them because we we need one for next uh week but um thanks for joining us boss thanks for listening everybody and we'll see you guys next week bye bye